Shalom. Um, how are you? How are you? Uh, I greet you in the name of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank you for being here. This is the day that the Lord has made and we shall indeed rejoice in it. Um, our rejoicing is not in what we see, but it's in knowing that we can rely and trust God in every situation. Um, that is basically you know, the message for today. Um, we have taught this message or sermon, uh, you know, we have shared this in our Sunday services, uh, and we have discussed this to a certain extent in your home cells, but because we couldn't get a clear recording, last time for our for our um, online um, followers all over the world uh, I, I thought we should redo the summer uh, rather than me just talking into the camera alone I thought it would benefit all of you if we all listen to this again because on that particular day really there were many 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 disruptions yes so you know as i said uh, you know that message i received that very sunday morning as i was waking up and uh, i had this world um, uh, the duplicity of my people, the duplicity of my people, um, and the duplicity of my people. Um, you know what is what is that? And immediately, you know, you you want to know what is God talking about? What is He concerned about? Um, you know, du du duplicity or duplex or whatever, double, they all come from the word double. Uh, and um, so you can think of it as uh, double standards. Um, you know, um, uh, in, a, in, a, in a more general term, Today, when we talk about duplicity, we are talking about the dirty tricks, uh, dirty dealings, um, step in the back, trackersness, you know, um, two-facetness. That is more on a on a general usage, and um, but much more stronger one and perhaps closer to home for us, you know, it's been cunning and double dealing, which is what I emphasized on Sunday, that God says we have got this double dealings with him. So we've got these two standards. 
and, and I will explain that as I continue. It talks, talks about dualism, it talks about duality, you know, perhaps even more, more, more um, specific for us is faithlessness. So, um, so it means that God is concerned about a level of faith in Him as it manifests in this double standardness that He is talking about, and we will go into it. And uh, so, all this you can get from uh, Webster's dictionary. Um, you know, um, synonyms and uh, yes, mainly synonyms. Uh, from your uh, Webster's dictionary, okay? It will show you all, all that. Right, so, you know, right now we are at the end of the year, and uh, for most people, you know, it has been a challenging year. And uh, here in South Africa and all over the world. This has been a challenging year and this is the year that we probably want to see the end of it quickly. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, there are people, even in this situation, who have had a really good year, you know, a, a good year. You know, um, my, you know, I was talking to uh, you know somebody today, and um, you know, um, as you know, you know, my my wife is in the business of selling eggs. They're selling eggs. They are they are producing eggs, and uh, the price of eggs have gone uh, uh, have increased. They're, They've really gone up uh, significantly, and uh, because really the the, the 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 supply has diminished, and as you know, is the issue of supply and demand. Um, and if if the the demand is more than the supply, usually it pushes the prices up. So now they are really. Um, you know, eggs are in demand, so so they are, are selling to the public at the moment, and and it's actually going very very fast because people say that you know they they can't they can't afford the the prices that are that are selling for in the in the shop rights and the pick and pays and so on. So I was saying to this young man that you know what, through this business with them, to say it, that. You know, so it means that for you, business is good, you know, um, if you think of it, you know, uh, people cannot afford eggs, but on the other hand, that situation seems to be benefiting others. So that's why I'm saying that even in this situation, there are people who are happy and would like to keep things that way, you know, for them. Let this continue because we are making money, we're doing well, and so on. So we've got these, um, you know, um, 
different types of people or going through different situations. And you see, God, and this is one of my favorite statements, that God has got the world to manage. Uh, managing the world is not a small thing. And many of us, we struggle just managing a small company, you know. Um, imagine managing the affairs of the world. Think about God, you know, being God for one day. How do you think you manage all these things? And, uh, you know, and, and for God always wants the best for us as his children. He always wants the best for us. And, and whatever it is, believe you me, it could not have it could not have been better. Whatever it is. So God is managing the business of the world. And uh, you know, uh, in all this we'll have different experiences. Okay. So God says it's worried or concerned about how inconsistent we are. Um, that is probably the closest word that I can find to what he's saying. Um, the inconsistency when we come into him. And, and that reflects as, you know, faithlessness or lack of faith, or even more important, lack of trust in, in him. So, in other words, we are happy to receive, on one hand, something from God and sad to receive, on the other hand, something else from God, but the same God, but the same God. Now, we are going to read from the book of um, Second Samuel, which is what we read, um, Second Samuel, um, Second Samuel chapter 12. From verse 15 to 23. And let everybody know that we are on, online, Zoom. Okay. All right. Second uh, Samuel chapter 12 from verse 15. It says, we'll read from the Amplified Bible. It says, And the Lord struck the child that Uriah's widow bore to David, and he was very sick. Now, good people, um, these are some of the challenging scriptures to swallow or digest. Because we all know God to be a good God. And and sometimes, you know, we find it difficult to pass through this kind of scriptures and you are like, okay, God killed this child, you know, or made this child sick. The other scripture is the one that says that God sent an evil spirit to Saul. He sent an evil spirit to Saul and made him run mad. 
and you manifest and you know and, and so on and so on. Um, you know, it would really torment him. And the Bible says it came from God. Evil spirit came from God. Now, if you don't understand how God operates, you are going to be very frustrated. And I think the book of Job gives us more or less the modus operandi, how God actually operates in these areas. Uh, when it comes to these issues, and it gives you peace of mind that, you know, God is not the author of evil. He's not. He's a good God. You cannot find good and evil in Him. He is a good God. Amen? God is a what? God is a good God. Now, remember that the enemy we have seen in the book of Job that he, he can't wait, he can't waste any time to strike. Okay, there are what we call rules of engagement in the spiritual, in the spiritual realm. That's why the Bible will say that those angels that did not remain within their territory, they were, they were, they were, they were, they were, they were arrested and so on and so on and so on or those that were wicked and so on, they would be then um, uh, kept in captivity, yes. Um, you know, they, or some would be banished and so on. So these um, tells you that there is, there is, uh, uh, um, there are rules. And, uh, but because of these, limitations that the enemy has, he cannot do certain things unless he's allowed to do that. So, the devil is ready with wickedness and evil and so on. All he's waiting for is the license to do that. And I spoke about it the other day as well. That he's just waiting for the license for whatever reason. As we have seen with Job, there was nothing Job that, what Job has done, had done wrong but the devil still obtained the license because Job was being tested on another level. But there are certain licenses that are given because people are disobedient. disobedient. Like in this particular case, David had messed, he had slept with another man's wife. Okay? In that case, it was automatically, I suppose, given the permit for destruction. Some People would say that you open the door for the devil. Okay? So, permits are granted in the realm of the spirit depending on the circumstances. But it's not God that does it. He just removes the protection. But you see, the Bible will put it that way that God did it because He allowed it to happen. But He's not the one that causes this kind of destruction. I hope, I hope that is clear. Um, many people struggle, you know, to understand this kind of God. You know, how could this God do that? And, 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 and this is the explanation that I will give to you that God removes certain restrictions and limitations on the operations of evil because either we were disobedient or He just allows it for His own purposes that you will not understand. But all in all, we know that it will work out good for us, as we will see 
in the scriptures. Okay, now, let's continue. David therefore appealed to God. So the child was now sick. David therefore appealed to God for what? For the child to be healed. And David fasted and went in and lay all night on the ground. So he went into a fast. He prayed. He prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. Okay. And uh, um, okay, let me just open this. Uh, looks like there's an issue. Is now. Um, oops. Uh, let's let's. Uh, I hope I will. The the version that I was reading now is gone. I don't want to read another version. I want to remain with the amplified. Um. I want to remain with the amplified. Let's find it, let's find it. Just give me a second. We'll do that just now. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. I think, I think we got it now. Okay. Yeah, we, we got it, okay. David pleaded with God for the child. He fasted and spent the night lying in sackcloth on the ground. So David went on a fast. He fasted, spent the nights lying on the ground, not, not on his bed or anything, just lying there, praying and fasting. The elders of his household stood beside him to get him up from the ground, but he refused. He refused, and he would not eat any food with them. Okay? For seven days. On the seventh day, the child died. Okay. Um, you know, it, it doesn't look like David had planned to fast for seven days. I believe that David just wanted to fast until he got an answer. And uh, so on the seventh day, this happened. Now, imagine you are praying for your job. Imagine your company is retrenching people and you go on a fast that you should not be retrenched, that God will have mercy on you, that you will be retained when others are being discharged. And in the middle of the fast, you get the message that you have been sacked, that you have been dismissed, retrenched. What would be your response? What would be your response? And, and this is what we are reading about here. David is fasting endlessly, praying for this child to be healed. He was praying for this child to be healed. Okay. He was doing what? He was praying. 
The Bible says he was pleading with God for the child. In other words, he was praying that God would, would uh, heal the child, that God would preserve the child's life. And we see that on the seventh day of his fast, the child died. Um, many of us, I think it will be devastating. Honestly, they will be very frustrated. Um, but let us see how David responds to this situation. Remember, God says, speak to my people about their duplicity. Their double standardness, their faithlessness, their lack of trust. The elders of his household stood beside him to get him up from the ground, but he refused and he would not eat any food with them. 18 says, On the seventh day the child died. David's attendants were afraid to tell him that the child was dead, for they thought, now listen, for they thought, while the child was still living, he would not listen to us when we spoke to him. They are human. They are thinking, hey, this guy was like this. Do you want to speak to anybody? Do you want to do nothing? He was just lying there. What do you think is going to happen now that the child is dead? It means it's going to get worse. We just don't know what he is going to do. We just don't know what he is going to do. Now that the situation has gotten worse, you wonder. Imagine you ask me to pray with you concerning your job, concerning your marriage, and I'm the one to receive the news that the divorce is true. Or you are retrenched, and I have to tell you that. And I'm thinking, how am I even? How am I going to share this news to him? How am I going to do that? So they wondered, how is he going to respond? They are human. They know how human beings respond when they get news of the things that they don't want to hear. They break down. Yes, but not so with the child of God. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. And, and, and David's showing us how here. How can we now tell him the child is dead? He may do something disparate. Hey, you see, you, now he's, what is he going to Is he going to kill himself? Or is he king? Or he might decide that hey, we must all be killed. I mean, he's a king. Now, what is he going to do? It's going to do something disparate. Yes. Something unthinkable. He's the king. What is he going to do? David noticed that his attendants were whispering among themselves and he realized the child was dead. He could interpret this murmuring and you know, whispering. And he thought, 
these people, they probably know something that they don't want to tell me. So he asked him, is the child dead? I can imagine that, you know, going like, you tell me, because you don't know. You don't know. You don't know if you are the one to speak, if you will be the one sentenced to death, you know. So you speak. You tell me. No, 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 no. You tell me first. You remember you are our leader. <laughs> remember you are our boss. You tell him. Then he said, you people, what's going on? Tell me. Who's gonna tell this guy? Who's gonna, who's gonna tell this guy this? Okay. Finally, they replied, Yes, he's dead. They gathered some strength, of course, to face him and said, Chief, the child is gone. And even then, I'm sure they were shaking. Like, we just have to tell him, we don't have any child. You already told us this is dead, you just have to say yes. So, so they watched, you know, eagerly waiting to see what he's going to do. David got up from the ground. He washed, he put on lotions, perfumes. Changed his clothes. He went into the house of the Lord and worshipped God. Wow. Wow. Is it not amazing? That this man goes to God and say thank you. Oh. He goes to God and say thank you. Thank you. You are faithful. You are wonderful. You can be trusted. Yes. Then he went to his own house and at his request they served him food and he ate. Yes. And he explains, they said to him, he explains, he says, why are you acting this way? We don't understand you. Hmm. I don't think that as Christian people must understand us honestly. Because if we act like them, then there's nothing to, um, you know, uh, to learn from, there's nothing to draw their attention, there's nothing to, to talk about. If we behave like them, we react like them, we fall apart like them, we scream, we, we yell, we, we, you know, like, you know, like, like them. Because that's what is expected. These are the people who don't know God, who don't have a relationship with God. Even when they say they're praying, you know, uh, you know there's, there's something they want. And if they don't get it, they'll fall apart. What kind of prayer is that? David is demonstrating to them what is prayer. Prayer is not twisting God's arm. Even when you're fasting, you're not twisting God's arm. 
not forcing him. We're not we're not holding God, God at at gunpoint and say, "You said we must fast and pray; it shall happen." You know, we don't do that. No, no. But the people of the world think that people who are carnal think that that prayer and fasting is going to heal the results that we want. Hmm. And that is what God is talking about, faithlessness. Is that your prayer is not communication with me. It's not a two-way thing that you ask me, I tell you, I respond. Prayer is opening this highway of communication with God. We speak to God. He speaks back to us. He tells us. He explains things to us. Hey, things are like this. This cannot be changed. But hey, don't worry. Don't worry. Things will get better. David understood that, you know, in fact, let's, let's read. He explains the answer. So they ask him, why are you behaving so strangely? I mean, we don't, leave, we don't behave like that in this world. What is wrong with you? How, why are you so different? Oh, I pray that you and I will, will be different. We will demonstrate in life that we know a God that people don't know. We know a God that people don't know. But the way we react to things that happen in this world, to us. So, the answer. While the child was still alive, I fasted and wept. I thought, who knows? You see? You see how open-minded he was? He wasn't twisting God's arm and making sure that it's my way or highway, okay? No, he, he was saying, God, he, you know what? Just maybe, you know, just, just maybe, just maybe. That's what he said, who knows? Maybe, gracious to me and let the child live. Do we have this kind of, a, of an attitude when we go to God? I mean, many of us go to God with 101 scriptures, like literally holding at gunpoint with his own ammunition. Say, hey, you gave us guns. You're holding hostage, shooting the scriptures. You set in your way. You set in your way. You set in your way. Let me tell you this. Oh, God help, help us. Let me tell you this. You want to hear this? This kind of prayer, where you said, God, you set in your word. It's not the way we should pray. No, God does not need to be reminded this way. It is His way. He is the way. But when we pray, and usually when we have to quote scriptures, it's because we're speaking and declaring what God has said. We are repeating it into the atmosphere, into the realm of the spirit. Yeah, because we believe. Remember. When, when we receive the word of God, it becomes, oh, Jesus, listen to me. When, when, when we receive the word of God, it becomes, it comes from the word of God, the Bible. When we hear it, we assimilate the word of God. It becomes part of us. Okay? And then, when it comes out of us, it becomes that living word. That is what power to do things. When we speak the word, it means we believe it. When we speak it and believe it, it will happen. That's why we have to speak. You shall say to this mountain, 
they move. You have to speak. Okay? So when we speak, that's when we put the weight of God in action. We're not reminding God. We don't say, you, God, you said in your word. No. What kind of prayer is that? Uh-uh. You don't say, you have said. God is not the target of your prayers. It's not the target of the scriptures. Mm-mm. You are creating with the scriptures. You are making, you are creating the, you are framing the world around you with the word of God. You're not reminding God his word. So once it comes part of you, when you begin to speak the word of God, you're saying this is, this is it. But hey, but what we see is that we go to God and say, Lord, you said in your word. You said in your word. You said in your word. This will happen. You said in your word. Hey, good, good people. Mama, mama. Why do we pray like this? Why do we pray like this? Why do we threaten God like this? You know, sometimes this kind of prayers is like, you say, were you serious? Did you really mean what you said? You said in your word. You, 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 you God said in your word. Imagine my children said, you said you're going to buy us Christmas clothes. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, so I must do it there. But, but God is not like us. He's not like us. Mm-hmm. So when you speak the word of God, you're speaking into the realms. And you are creating things with those words. Powerful. That is the word of God. Uh, okay, back to the scriptures. So he said, I thought, who knows? The Lord may be gracious to me and let the child live. Now, very clearly, David says that I did not know what the mind of God was on the matter. And sometimes when we pray, we have to understand that we don't, we may not know what the mind of God is on the matter. That's when you allow God to be God. What is the mind of God on the matter? So we seek to know the mind, but when we see things not going our way, we know. Now we know the mind of God. Hmm. Hallelujah. But now that he's dead, he said, now that I said, why should I go on fasting? In other words, he said, now that I know the mind of God, can I bring him back again? I will go to him, but he will not return to me. Wow. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus Christ. Now, this is what I mentioned here in the service, that when we are faced with situations that we do not like, um, you know, basically, we just want to know, and we're praying and we're fasting, we just want to know that the devil is not taking chances because the Bible says that these ones, this kind cometh out not except by prayer and fasting. Yes, there are things that we can kick out with prayer and fasting. We must do it. But often because we don't know what is what, we don't know if this thing that is happening in our life, it has got the right and the permission or not. We don't know. So. It is correct to reject things. It is correct to desire things. It's correct to say, it is not my portion. This is not my portion. 
But many Christians, they reject it completely. In other words, it means that they will not accept anything else but this one. And when they do not get it, they get shattered. Many people even leave Christianity, then there is no God. In other words, God is there only when he does the things that they like. The blessed of my people. So God is God. God is on his throne. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus Christ. Is glory be unto you, Lord. You are seated on your throne. Why? Is it because I'm getting the things that I is that because life is going my way? That is why many people get, you know, if we preach these kind of messages, we will not have answers when people ask real questions. We'll not have answers. Because we don't teach balanced messages. The kind of message that says, allow God to be God. Yes, you can pray like David and say, Lord, just maybe. If this is not you, if it is not what you have allowed, meaning your will, meaning you have allowed it, that's how we should pray. Your will, Lord, be done. Not anything else. So, if it is operating with permission, it is still the will of God. Job had things falling apart in his life, and it was the will of God because it was permitted by him. Hallelujah. So when we pray and fast, we must do. I'm not saying we must accept things in our lives that we don't even want. Never. Our immediate response, or what I would call a knee-jerk response or reflex, is to say, not my caution. I will not accept it. I don't like it. You said it. Get out of my life. Yeah. But if the striking is from God, in other words, if, if God knows about this, um, you know, and you could not do anything to stop. But what we know is that it's not calamity. It's not the end of the world for you and I. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to Jesus Christ. So, now, When we're talking about trusting God, okay? All right. In the book of Job chapter 2, verse 10, Job says these words. Shall we indeed accept only good from God? And not also accept adversity and disaster. That is the duplicity we are talking about. In spite of all this, Job did not sin with his words, or the words from his lips. Some of us may snap like we explode. When things don't go our way, we explode. And literally we we kick things around, we, we throw things out of the windows, and, you know, because
things are not going our way. Now, we don't like it. I don't like it when things don't go my way. I hate it. I hate it. I'm not, gonna, I'm not happy when things are not going my way. But you know, what gives me peace is that I know a God who will not watch me. Just watch the devil do whatever he likes with my life. No. He will stop me. He will control him. He will direct him. You touch that, you don't touch that. That's what he did with Job. Don't touch that one. You can't touch his life. You can't touch ah, his flesh, yeah, but you can't kill him. You know, he said, you can't do it. Hey, don't go that way. Come back. Don't, don't touch that one. You can't touch that one. Hey, is it comforting to know that? That is a, not this one. It's trying to, you can't go there. This one, you can't, you can't, you can't. This one, but whatever. God allows him to touch. It does not matter that much. When one looks at the um, overall situation. That's why God has what we call an, an, a, a global view of our lives. Uh, an area view of our lives. We only see a little bit of our lives. We only see what is in front of us. But God is aware that our overall outcome will not be affected by certain things that we are concerned about. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, Romans 8, verse 28. And we know, we know that in all things, we know and we know with great confidence that God, who is Deeply concerned about us. Why? Love that one. God, who is what? Deeply concerned about us. Causes all things. In other words, even the thing that we don't like, He also doesn't like. Whatever you don't like, he also doesn't like. But circumstances forces him to, they force him to allow things to happen. But God, because he's deeply concerned, he will cause that thing to work, to, to, to work very well, or to work very well with other things in your life. Okay? Um, to work, all things to work together as a plan for good for those who love him, to those who are called according to his plan and his purpose. Yeah. This scripture we all know that all things work together for those who do what? Who love God and are called according to his plan and his purpose. 
And this is the peace that we have in Christ Jesus Christ. And it should be our prayer to trust God, to teach us this, to see difficulties in our lives from his perspective. Hmm. To see what difficulties in our life from his perspective, from his point of view. Now sometimes we just have to walk out of our selfishness, our limitations, our short-sightedness, whatever it is that limits us. And our strong desire for this, for that. A step out of it and see things from God's design. In other words, imagine God with two hands. On one hand, he is carrying, um, you know, sweets, and on the other hand, he whip sweet, and then the other side is a whip. Yeah. We glad to go and get sweets. Okay. But the whip, no. How many of us would have turned out to be what we are if we always got what we only what we wanted from our parents when we're growing up? Same thing with us. Can we only accept good things from you? At some point, we thought our parents were just too straight, too, too much of disciplinarians, and so on. But in the end, when you think of it, look at how we have come to be. Amen? So, God says, my people are duplicit. In other words, my people are only happy when things go their way and they are sad when things don't go their way. They are sad. I mean, they intimidate me. They intimidate me. I'll stop going to church. I'll stop tithing. I'll stop praying. I'll stop, I'll stop it. They are intimidating. My people are intimidating me. Yes. That's what God is saying. Because they just don't accept the things that are not according to their desire. Hallelujah. The duplicity of my people. My people are duplicity. Yeah. Why is God talking like this? Why is God talking like this? It means that this is a problem. It is a problem. Uh, because we are disturbing him. We are disturbing him. He has a plan for our lives. He's, he's working out something for us. He's, he's working out something for us. Yes. He's working out something for us. I mean, imagine your child um, who is unreasonable. 
You say you cannot do this. Here is the child. You are busy doing something. So no, you cannot have that. You can, your child is angry. He's not talking to anybody. He's not even coming home. Gone. Left home. And meanwhile, this child does not know what you've been planning and what you're doing. Do you think you're still going to do that? Do you still want to still go ahead with your good plans for your child who's behaving like that? You're probably going to revisit your plans. How oh, this child, you know, does not understand that I'm the parent. I actually know what I'm doing. I actually know what is best for this child. I don't have to be telling this child everything. This is the reason why I'm doing one, two, three. Can you do that? So that the child understands. I'm doing this because this is the reason I'm doing that. I don't have to do that. Some things should just come as surprises. Some things, you know, I cannot be disclosing everything. But once you see a certain behavior, you're probably not going to continue with what you had up your sleeve for this child. So feel that this child doesn't deserve this. I believe that God wants to do something with our lives, my life, your life. And He just wants us to be a little bit more appreciative of what He's doing. A little bit more trusting. That if it's from God, it's not going to kill me. In other words, if it has received green light from God, it's probably not going to kill me. Just stand up, go to church, start singing, start, you know, worshiping God. You know, I said the other day that sometimes when you receive, you know, praying that you, you, know, you, you shouldn't lose your job and you, you get a call that you lost your job. This is the time just to go out, have fun. I mean, you have prayed and just, Go Nandos, enjoy life, enjoy yourself. It's not time to lock yourself and start sobbing and crying. I'm going to kill myself. No. Say, so, oh, wow. It means that there's something better coming. But you don't understand you. Some people are afraid to call you. Say, should I call you? And then they call, where are you? I'm at Nandos. Serious? They thought you'd be in bed crying and feeling sorry for yourself. But I'm in church. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm worshiping God and blessing God. Wow. Wow. This is not expected. It's not something usual. And, you know, common in this world to see people behaving this way when they're facing difficulties. We've seen a few people, of course, when they have lost their loved ones and you go to them. Hey, you find them, they are, they are, they are okay. They are good. And I said, you wonder, hey, this person, wow, is she like this? Amen. Hallelujah. Philippians 4 teaches us that. Amen. Um, that in everything, we must just, Submit things in prayer. In prayer and supplication, we must make our requests known unto God. In prayer and supplication, verse six. In prayer and supplication, we should make what our requests known to God. And it says, His peace that surpasses all understanding 
work on our heart. Amen. So we just make things known to him, just in prayer. We're not forcing things to change. No, we just allow the Spirit of God to take us through the situation. I pray that your life will come out better. Listen to this as I close. Had this child lived, I think, we would not have had a Solomon. The wisest man that ever lived. This is the man who built the first temple. The same temple that stands in Jerusalem right now. The same temple whose wall remains standing there is called the way the wailing wall. Uh, this is the wall that's still standing today. Most magnificent temple ever. Now, Solomon left really a mark in this world. Yes, he is. And this is how God paved the way for his Solomon. I want to say this to you that Stop mourning over what you have lost. There is a sorrow. Stop grieving forever. Stop grieving forever. Accept that God knows what he's doing. Accept there are certain things that we must accept. There are certain things that at some point we must accept. There are things possibly there are things that won't change in our life. It's not a nice thing to say to anybody who is in faith that things are going to change. Of course, we must still believe things are going to change, but probably not everything is going to change. Some things we have to understand that God has, has allowed to happen. But there is a better thing, better things coming. There is a Solomon coming your way, the wisest man ever lived. Richest man ever. That man was rich. Even Bezos is not as rich as Solomon as we speak today. The man was rich. The man was rich. No man alive that was as richer than Solomon. By today's uh, value of money, you know, or wealth. Far, by far, Solomon. So, I know that there's somebody who needs this message, you know, that has been uh, parked somewhere and, and has not moved in a long time. Be it a plan that you had, a dream, a disappointment, a frustration, your life has been stuck in that place of acceptance or not acceptance or lack of. That I pray that you will hear this and say, God says, do not be duplicit. Accept what I allow at some point you have to. And allow God to work through his plans. Maybe the plan of God has stopped. At that moment, maybe the, the plan of God is, is stuck in one place because you refuse 
God is not going to bulldoze everything and say, I'm going to do it even if this one does not accept that I'm God. I don't think so. Maybe our life is stuck in one place. Maybe our life does not want to move beyond certain places. I don't know why God wants me to speak about these messages. Maybe up, there's a place that our life is stuck. At that place where we continue to mourn for a child that is past over. Um, you know, when we should rise, when we should worship God, when we should thank God and let God. Sometimes we have to let God. There are things that have happened that I never thought I would let go. And, 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 and some of them are actually really scary if, you, if, you, if I were to tell you. You know, when, when my son died, you know, my firstborn son died a couple of years. Firstborn, you can imagine, over 27 years ago, 28 years ago. Um, you know, when he died, you know, I refused that he should be buried because I believed that he was going to wake up. For four days, I said, Lord, I, I planned everything that he would be buried after four days. And if after four days my child was still dead, then I would know that God has allowed me. I prayed, I refused to eat I would, for four days. By the way, in the same room I lived with him four days. Four days. I lived with him in the same room, dead, four days. I had the understanding with the mortuary that they would take him so that his body doesn't, you know, decay because of the heat. So they would take him for some hours and bring him back. They were, and I thank God for them. You know, and I I don't know why they allowed that to happen, but they said it's fine, and they'll bring him, and I'll pray, I'll pray, and they'll take him, they'll bring him back. I prayed four days. I locked myself in my room for four days. I know what I'm talking about, good people. I can't encourage you on something that I really know. I know how difficult it is to let things go. For four days, I looked at my dead child. Four days, same way. Four days, I said, Lord, Lord, let the funeral continue. Plans, you know. On the Thursday, he was going to be buried. Yes. And on that, on the morning of that day, they came and fetched the child and put him in a coffin. You see, that's the day I washed myself. I accepted. I accepted that this 
is indeed the will of God. We all have to do that. We all have to accept that at some point, um, you know, we have to let go in our day. And look how God is blessed. Look at my children, look at my children. Yeah, I mean, at that point, it didn't look like this. Look at my children, look at my children. Um, look at how he has comforted me more than you can ever imagine. Yes. So, some of us are stuck in one place, you don't want to move. You don't want to move. You must have a fourth day in your life and say, if this has not happened by this day, I know. I know. I'll wash myself and I'll continue with my life. Yes. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you that your children are going to have closure on many things that have been lingering and keep pulling them back, refusing to allow you to be God. But Lord, you give us the grace to be able to close chapters in our lives and open new ones so that the book of our lives can continue and be contributed. Lord God, I pray that this day is a day that whoever listening to this message will know that the day comes like this one where we have to close chapters so that we can open the new chapter and the book of our lives can God conclusion. I pray there's still many chapters that must be written in our lives. We cannot be stuck in one place. For lack of belief. For being to please. Father, I pray, give us strength. Show us the, that there are even better things in life, greater things that are waiting for us ahead. Lord God, Job was under pressure, indeed, to say things negative, to reject what was happening to him, but he allowed you to be God. This, this book is, has been included in the Bible for this reason, that we should know that there's a Godson. He's looking and watching everything. Nothing is going to go scot free in our lives. Whatever the devil is doing in our lives, he's going to pay 10 times, 50 times, 100 times. Payback is too much. If he knew, he wouldn't even do it. Indeed, our latter days will be better than the former days. We'll be more glorious. Father, we know that our lives are not moving from bad to worse, but they're moving from better to best. Lord God Almighty, we thank you that we know you, our hope of glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for everyone online. 
and everyone will be listening to this podcast, this message, and watching the same. I pray that Lord Jesus Christ, this message will serve as a reminder that we've got to get God. We don't have to accept and go. Accept and go. Certain things accept and go. We fight, 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 fight. But when we know that you have spoken and proclaimed and declared, we know that when we have done that, Lord, we got to pack our bags and continue in this journey. Lord, I pray for your people everywhere for strength, for wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Glory be Jesus Christ. Amen. Wow. Wow. I see why now this message had to, to be preached again. I see. Honestly, I see it. Now I see it. Well, that what? Hey, he should not he should not have disturbed us that day. <laughs> he should not. You see how the ah if I was the devil, I would have retired from this job a long time ago. It's not working. It's just not working. It's not working. Amen. We love you. God bless you. Stay blessed. Shalom.